Welcome to Bible Platform, a half-hour radio broadcast ministry with Reverend Hansen Metal, the General Overseer of Christian Worship Center. Stay tuned and you will be blessed. Glory be to the Lamb of God and thanks be to the Father for giving us another privilege and grace to be able to operate in the space of time called life. I am coming your way again with the Word of God and I'm so thankful to God for your life and that of your family. I trust that God has great things in store for you. So keep on keeping on and don't give up. The lines will definitely fall for you in pleasant places. Hold on to the Christ, and the glory will manifest in due season. Hallelujah, and glory be to the Lamb of God. Now let's go before the Father's throne and say a word of prayer before we go into the Word of God. Our Father in heaven, we begin this day with our eyes fixed on you. We come to study, and we are already thanking you for giving us a beautiful opportunity, a wonderful opportunity for me to declare your word and for my hearers to receive the bread of life. Let your spirit help us in this endeavor. In Christ's name I have prayed and call it done. Amen and amen. Thank you, my friend. We are talking about the church that Jesus Christ is building. We have gone through the process of looking at Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, where Jesus was talking to Peter and he said, Upon this rock I will build my church. But our emphasis is on what Jesus Christ said about what he is building or what he was going to build that was before the birth of the church. He said, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades cannot prevail against my church. Now, we found out already or we've discussed already the fact that Jesus Christ is the builder of the church. Not only the builder of the church, but the owner of the church. We also tried to look at the church in its real interpretation. And I said that per the, the Greek interpretation, the word that is referred to as church in the English language means the called out ones, people who have been called out. When you go into the Old Testament, the people of Israel were called out. They were called out as a nation unto God, as a priesthood unto God. So that was the church in the wilderness, the church in the Old Testament. Now, in the New Testament, as many as have believed in Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, all of us, all of us form the church. We have come from different tribes, different backgrounds, different nations, we form the church or the body of Christ. Now, we have also made the point that this declaration that Jesus made, I will build my church, presupposes or emphasizes the fact that the church belongs to him and he is the builder of the church. So in real terms, in real terms, sometimes for convenience sake, we may refer to our church. But in real terms, we are talking about denominations. To be able to identify our denominations, we say, I belong to this church. But the real church, the body of Christ, is a 
composition of human beings, a collection of human beings, individuals coming together. These individuals believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. Clarity. So that's for a recap of what we have been discussing. And we've been looking at the materials that Jesus Christ is using to build his church. Because once you set yourself to build something, you need materials to build. You just can't get up and say, I'm going to build without determining what you are going to use as materials to build. In this context, Jesus Christ is using spiritual materials as well as physical materials. And in the spiritual sense, we find in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, saying that we, believers, those who have believed in him, are living stones. So Jesus Christ is using us. We are living stones. We are not dead stones. We are living stones because we are stones that can see, we can hear, we can feel. We are not inanimate objects. So in 1 Peter 2, 5, he said, And now you are living stones that are being used to build a spiritual house. So Jesus is using us to build the house in which he dwells by his spirit. Or God dwells by his spirit. Second thing we look at is our bodies. That our bodies are being used by Christ to build his church. So he commands us or he admonishes us in Romans chapter 6 verse 12 to 13. And all through the scriptures. In the New Testament, the letters of Paul. To be careful how we handle our bodies. Not to allow sin to rule over our bodies. We also found out from the scriptures that Jesus Christ is using our born again spirit. The Bible says in Romans 7 4 that we are now part of Christ, the universal church. And so we are dead to the power of the law. We are free to belong to Christ who was raised so that we could serve God. Another thing we look at that Jesus Christ is using in building his church is our time. Our time. Time is very relevant. We don't have all the time in the world to do the work that we have been called to do. God has a set time for us when all of us, all of us are going to get out of here. But while there is life, while we still have life, this is the time and the season that we must yield so that God can use us to build his church. Our time is relevant in the building of his church. I also spoke about our talents and our gifts. And looking at the scriptures is very clear, especially 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That talks about gifts and talents and then Ephesians chapter 4, especially from verse 11, where it's talking about offices that have been given. So there is no one in the kingdom of God who does not have something to contribute. Everyone born again, spirit-filled, has a gift or gifts that God expects him or her to use in building of his kingdom. Now, today I want us to look at maybe two or three more of the things that Jesus Christ is using to build his church. And the first one I want us to look at is our resources. Our resources. Too many people have problems with giving to the church because of the way that sometimes church leaders have abused the offerings and the tithes and the material resources that God's people have put into or contributed to the work of God. But I want you to note that once we give to God, we are not giving to a man. And all of us are going to be accountable because we are mere stewards of all that God has given to us. So it is really not in our best interest to stifle the work of God just because of what somebody, a minister or a leader in the church has done. Maybe he misappropriated church funds or something. Where he has to be disciplined 
Discipline must be exacted. But there is no perfect order in this world. Politicians cannot pass judgment on the church. Because, come on, they themselves, they should look into the mirror and tell us how clean they are. God is not taking a people who are perfect in themselves. We're serving a perfect God who has chosen to use imperfect human beings to effect his work. So as much as it behoves on us, let us be dedicated to committing our resources. Because Jesus Christ needs our resources, some of our resources, to effect the work of building his church on earth. Let me read a scripture from Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, the verses 15 to 20. The New King James Version. Paul wrote, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. I want to read that again. Paul writing to the church in Philippi. Philippians 4. From verse 15 to 20. Now you Philippians know also. That in the beginning of the gospel. When I departed from Macedonia. No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving. But you only. For even in Thessalonica. You sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift. I love this. Not that I seek the gift. And I pray for myself and I pray for all ministers of the gospel that we will not serve Christ because we seek the gift from God's people. God can take care of us. And he does. All we need is to be faithful and to be committed. So Paul wrote, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Beloved, whatever you invest into the kingdom of God, God will reward and reward you adequately, far beyond your thinking or understanding. If the motive is right, God will reward you. Paul continued writing in verse 18. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you. And this is the way Paul described the gifts that he received from the saints. A sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Three things here. That when we invest resources into the kingdom of God, we invest with the right spirit, right attitude, into the right environment where the resources will not be abused, but will be carefully managed and used to promote the kingdom of God. Three things. Paul says, number one, it becomes a sweet-smelling aroma. In other words, a sweet-smelling incense. How would you love to see the resources that you put into the church, whether it's about your financial resources or material resources to advance the cause of Christ? How would you love to have it ascend to heaven as a sweet-smelling incense? That is what it is and that's what happens when you give to support the work of God. Secondly, he said it's an acceptable sacrifice. The resource that you put into the kingdom of God, when it is given right, received and used rightly, becomes an acceptable sacrifice. And thirdly, Paul says, it is a well-pleasing sacrifice to God. Praise the name of the Lord. And on the basis of these three things, then he declared in verse 19 of Philippians chapter 4, 
And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. One thing interesting is that it seems a pretty good number of Christians know Philippians 4.19. But they disconnect it from the preceding verses. Now when that happens, it means that you are claiming your rights minus your responsibility. But right goes with responsibility. In the kingdom of God, it's true that everything operates under grace. But let me tell you what. Grace does not stand in isolation. James wrote, he said, show me your faith by your works. In fact, you express your faith by what you do. And grace gives responsibility. Otherwise, Paul would not have said that the grace given to me was not without effect. He said the grace given to me was with great effect. In other words, I, I manifested the grace. You manifest the grace by what you do. You are listening to The Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. Don't go away. We will be right back. Tune in to The Bible Platform with Reverend Hanson Metal. This and every Tuesday from 5 a.m. to 5.30 a.m. on Sunny 88.7 FM. And your life will never be the same again. God bless you. Welcome back. The message continues. And so, talking about the verse 19 of Philippians chapter 4, which says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You need to connect it to what Paul said prior to verse 19. The preceding verses, you cannot separate them. They did something, and so on the basis of what they did, they, they provided resources for the ministry of Paul to move forward. And so on the basis of their giving, Paul concluded by saying that, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So, it's not like we are just there. We get everything that we need. We consume everything that we get. And then, we get up and quote my God shall supply all my need according to his riches. God supplies for your good and for the good of his kingdom and for the good of others. So it's not all about you. Therefore, when you begin to zero in on the verse 19 and live your life on the basis of that scripture without relating it to your responsibility to the kingdom of God vis-a-vis -vis the resources that God is giving you, you're making a very big mistake. It simply does not connect. And I want you to understand that. So our resources, very, very important. Now, when the Holy Spirit came on the disciples while they were waiting in the upper room, everything about them changed you realize that there was a radical shift in the way they were relating to each other. There was so much emphasis on the welfare of everybody in the group. Resources were dispensed and so much 
was happening that gives us the true picture of how God expects his church to grow. Let me read from Acts chapter 4, the verses 32 to 37. Acts chapter 4, 32, 37. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. But they had all things in common. 33. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. Now, I want to do a little commentary on this. Now, he said that the multitude of the believers, those who believe, the church, number one, they were with one heart and one soul. Wow. Wow. There was such unity among them, and that unity began to produce some fruit. So that's what we're going to look at now. He said, neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. The church of our time is very, very far. Too far away from the first century church. In terms of how they handled resources. We are entrenched in selfishness. Self-centeredness. Showmanship. Competing with each other. Instead of complimenting each other. It's very sad. People come to church. Not sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit. So that they can figure out who they can help. With the abundance of resources. But they come to make a show of what they have got. And sometimes I tend to be tempted to believe that sometimes we are even happy that we are more than everybody else. And so that the people who are poor will remain poor. So the difference between us and them will always show. I beg to differ Because this is not what I see in the Holy Book. The Holy Bible. The church that Jesus Christ is building. Now, you, you remember when Jesus Christ was praying in the garden way before, in fact, in John chapter 17, way before he went to the cross, his emphasis was on the church being united. That they may be one as I and you, the Father, are one. Jesus kept on praying for that oneness. Now, we see that prayer answered right here. But what happened in our time, in our generation? We study in the Bible so that we'll make the effort to at least move towards the things that we have walked away from. And I'm saying that the church that Jesus Christ is building is supposed to be a caring church. A church that is selfless. A church that hears the cry of that brother or that sister sitting next to me in the pew without him or her saying a word. A church that carries the burden of each other in the body of Christ. Praise God. Praise God. So, the Bible records, still reading Acts chapter 4, that, and with great power, the apostles give witness. Where did that great power come from? I believe that that unity, because even the worldly system, the secular world, confesses that in unity is strength. And I believe that that great power was from that unity. Today, we take delight in just dividing churches, talking down men of God, Sometimes men of God that have fed us with there to bite their fingers, chew it and swallow it down. It's sad. It's sad. Friend, it's sad. 
It's really sad. We pride ourselves in destroying the work of God. And we think we are destroying human beings. I pray for myself and I pray for you that we'll have a better perspective of the church that Jesus Christ is building. And know that we are within just a very short, limited time on earth to play a very small part. Now listen to me. If Peter, John, James, and all those great men of God couldn't finish their work, how dare we think we can finish this work? We only have a small part to play. And you trying to destroy me or trying to destroy somebody else who Christ has called to build his church, is simply playing to the hands of the devil. And you can simply be an agent of the devil and congratulate yourself that you are doing the work of God. But I pray that that will not be our portion. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And so it says in the scripture once again that with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. I see a differentiation here. There is, there is something called great grace. So grace can be measured. And I pray for myself and I pray for you, my dear brother, my dear sister, that we'll come to the place where we operate under great grace. And that great grace is coming from a spirit of unity. One heart, one mind, one soul, one goal, one vision. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now verse 34. Nor was there any among them who lacked. Have you ever tried to check out when was the last time any of us really consciously try to figure out who in our circle of influence we can help with our resources, no matter how little, so they get some breathing space out of whatever crisis they are going through. Bottom line, we are operating at the level of each man for himself, God for us. We don't even realize that that does not come from the Bible. That is simply antichrist. Each man for himself, God for us all. The biblical injunction is every man for every man. We are brother's keeper. Amen? We are brother's keeper. And God is expecting us to do better than that. Each man for himself. No. He says, Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them. And brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. And laid them at the apostles feet. And they distributed to each as anyone had need. I'm not suggesting to anybody to go and sell your land or house. Or the spirit at work. The grace at work. That initiated this kind of selfless giving. It's not what we are operating under. Remember when I read the scripture, I said great grace was upon them. Great grace. It takes great grace to come to that place where you can do what they did without going home and then thinking, why did I do what I did? And having headaches and migraine if God doesn't step in. So that's what I'm suggesting. The bottom line, the principle is what we are being asked to practice. The principle of being each other's keeper. Giving what we can afford to give. To support the cause of the kingdom. Because that's why we have been called. That's why we have been put together. To push forward God's agenda. To the glory of his wonderful name. So folks. We have to come to God with that consciousness. That Jesus is building a church. And that he needs our resources. To build his church. Glory to the Lamb of God. At the end of the day. Our corporate anointing seals the deal. 
it's not about one man show. Now let's look at Acts chapter 4, 32, 33. Acts 4. I'm back to the same scripture. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power. That's corporate anointing. But with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, talking about the church that Jesus Christ is building, the emphasis is on him, not on men. So I'm not talking about a situation where a man stands and says that he's the only one that has been called to do the work of God. Everybody else sit under me and shut up and listen. And I call the shots when I say stand up, stand up. That is not the church Jesus Christ is building. At least that is not what my Bible is telling me. So I want to challenge somebody under the sound of my voice. Do some introspection. Begin a new work with God. The little resources that God puts into your hands, some of it must go into his work to promote the kingdom. And when I talk about some of it going into his work, I want you to understand that it is more than just giving an offering and tithing in the church. It also has to do with meeting the needs of people in the body of Christ who are stressed out financially and materially. You can do it. And I'll tell you what. Sometimes doors are not opening for some of us because we are too armstrong. May God himself by his spirit bring conviction to our hearts today to be prepared to walk the talk. That Christ's kingdom will be built on earth according to his will and purpose. The good Lord bless you. The good Lord grant you a day full of joy and gladness. Till I come your way again next week, this is your friend Pastor Hansen Battle saying God bless you and bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Bible Platform. For questions, prayers, and counseling, contact Reverend Metal on 0244 0244-239024. Thank you for listening. Tune in same time next week. God bless you. Your